Welcome back to the CTO Studio. I am your host, Nikolai Walker. We are in the middle of episode 114. This is our final episode with Matt Ferguson, so insert sad face here. Matt is the CTO at Galley Studios, and he is a fellow tinkerer just like myself. And today, I usually ask the first question, but I'm going to toss it over to Etienne because they're beginning a conversation about CICD pipelines, and I'd rather have Etienne take the charge and ask the question so that we get the right answer. So here we go. The, the, just to touch on that briefly, the CICD pipelines, it is kind of shocking how complex the, the one can get. And one thing I've noticed is that there's an exponential correlation between complexity and developers' fears to, to touch the CICD pipeline. I mean, they get afraid, really afraid, even worse than that crazy recursive piece of code that no one wants to touch. If the, if the pipeline is complex, then no one wants to do a production push and everyone's afraid of a rollback. So Argo, Argo solves that? I think Argo does a very good job of solving that, um, more so than I've seen in other platforms. We're now, you know, we, we, we have one-click rollbacks. You know, so, you know, roll, that was one of the things we asked. It was like when we were investigating it, for example, was, well, we don't ever want to do a rollback, but if we have to, how hard is it? Uh, you know, you can always deploy that image, you know, if you have to, but what are you going to do? Um, so yeah, we, we now have one-click rollbacks. Um, we have one-click, um, you know, increase the Kubernetes uh, pod count, you know, for a particular service. Um, you know, it's every every piece of configuration is is in a repo. You know, so you're managing configuration and repos in GitHub, and that's a beautiful thing to say. You know, the number of pods is in a repo, and if I merge a change to the number of pods that that's going to trigger Argo to change that configuration. So everything is a git, right, ops. And that's you know, that's fascinating, right? And, and so simple. And it's separating the complexity of doing it versus the where I store what I want. And so as a developer, if I can separate those two things and not, you know, co-mingle, you know, the intent with the implementation and the intent as a configuration file and environment variables and the implementation of how to get it done is over here, then I can teach the entire team, you know, where to make the change and feel comfortable, right? Because there's also visualizations and a little cute little UI and makes it just much more accessible. So can you give a quick, just a quick overview of where Argo fits in a typical pipeline? Is it, and, 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 I'm, and I'm, am I confusing it with Terraform and, uh, and tools like that? Is it, is, it comp, is it in the same category? Yeah, those are all, uh, those are, those are complementary technologies, not, not, so Terraform is a, Wonderful scripting tool for managing Kubernetes. There are, there are others. Uh, well, excuse me, AWS, um, among, among other things. But AWS and, you know, you know your, your actual cloud platform. Um, you know, and then you've got things like, uh, you know, with Kubernetes with kubectl um, that are managing 
Kubernetes potentially if you're using Kubernetes, you know, as your um, container strategy. Uh, which there's also tools that can sit on top of that that Argo can talk to in a more sophisticated way. But what Argo is doing is, is just the orchestrator, right? It's just keeping track and saying, I'm going to watch all these repos. I can watch a repo for your code. And if that code changes, uh, I can, you know, and, and Jenkins goes and builds it, then I will take it and deploy it for you. You know, when that image gets built, I will, I will, uh, I will, um, I have a I have a repo for images, and when you put a new image there, I I know what to do with that, right? So I've somehow there's a new image I know what to do, or the number of pods that you want. Now Argo doesn't know how to actually change the pod count, but it knows if it sees that the pod count has changed, could do, go tell kubectl, you know, to run this command with kubectl. So Argo is the glue, you know, the build and the deploy and the configuration changes. It's not the, it doesn't do the build, right? It doesn't execute actually the configuration change, but it can call all the tools, all due to GitHub triggers. Okay, and so what do you, um, what do you, for instance, do f- use for the build? We're a Jenkins shop. Oh, Jenkins. Okay, so Circle CI or any kind of. Um, so Argo lives in harmony with those t- the build tools, the 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 pipeline tools, but Argo monitors repositories and then trains your developer culture to be one of. Con- committing config changes committing images so then do you tool Jenkins then to commit to the image then to a repo exactly so as part of your Jenkins pipeline you when you build that image you put it in a repo right you're updating repo that's a delicious um, separation of complexity because now you're not having Jenkins run some doofus deploy script. Yeah, it really centralizes down the Jenkins responsibility, right? Yeah, that, it's uh, massively. You're also separ- massively decomplexing things, um, and I think the separation of environment variables from code, right? We all say we should do that, but now there's a repo for your environment variables. And that's a whole other world, right? That is a whole other world. I mean, configuring environment variables in CircleCI is... Yeah, I mean, when you build that first project as a, as a developer and, you know, you see the how I should build and how I should test and how I should deploy. And, you know, let's just say you're using Node, right? And your environment variables are buried in there and your, you know, maybe your test scripts are buried in your code and, you know... Your deployment in, um, environment variables are buried in there. I mean, I, I look at that and I'm like, no, I want my code over here. I want my environment variables over here because these might change, but my code might not. And as soon as you commingle them, you end up with the complexity, which is why everyone is scared to touch their CI/CD pipeline. If you can separate those things and say, hey, code is code. Environment variables over here, configuration over here. 
I mean, that really simplifies the, the solution. But does that mean that you're committing secrets to a repo? I mean, you have to manage secrets with a secret strategy, Not never in a repo. No, you don't have to do that. You have to inject secrets just like you do with Jenkins or with, um, you know, uh, any of the tools. You've got you to gotta manage that in a special way. So then what do you mean by environment variables being in their own, like being in a repo? Well, you might have environment variables or just like I just mentioned, like how many pods, right? Or config, config variables or. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, secrets are a whole other animal for sure. Yeah, because the problem is when we configure it in Circle CI, it doesn't, you can't see it after you've configured it. So it's gone. So you need your secrets. This is why, you know, you have your, I don't know what AWS has, cert, no, has has some secrets manager or something, right? They have secrets manager, yeah. So let's talk a little bit about, I wanted to just kind of almost got sucked into talking about um, coding with your kids. Are you teaching them how to code? Um, I have backed off a bit, but I have been involving my kids in my projects. Oh, you mentioned that. Talk to me about that. Which has been really fun. Um, so both of my middle daughters, uh, have gotten involved in different projects. Uh, so when I can find tasks that I think I could teach them, instead of teaching them how to code, I teach them just enough to accomplish the goal. Because there's so much of what we do, um, you know, maybe uh, in the software development space, it's like, oh man, I have to do this 10 times or 100 times, or this is the same pattern over and over. So there's a lot of opportunities I've been finding, especially with uh, working from home now and the kids are, you know, schooling from home, that I'm able to say, hey, I will pay you to do this job. And I need this data transformation done and we're just gonna brute force it. I need you to do this, I need it to change. You know, we're not gonna make this like some object-oriented craziness. It's just, I need you to put this pattern in play. Think you could do that? Oh yeah. And so that's how I've been getting them involved, but with actual work projects. Um, uh, we, have a, we have a GraphQL um, API for how we run Galley. And so we've exposed that to our customers, you know, as a way for them to get to our data. And we've also, you know, created a templating, or uh, we're using a templating engine, so you can upload a Microsoft Word document with a, you know, and you can embed your GraphQL query, and then build, you know, if you want to build recipe cards, or you want to build a menu, or if you want to, you know, download the cost of your recipes, whatever. But those templates have to be built. Great opportunity for a kid to first go explore the GraphQL, and spend time not writing code per se, but just writing GraphQL queries in a sandbox, and then convince me that, yeah, I know how to get to all the data, Dad. Show me how to build a template, and all of a sudden they're able to write a template for a customer, um, and it's just a fun project. Uh, so we've done that. Um, we've had, uh, my other daughter has helped with just data transformations, um, you know, in, in some of my other projects where we just need this data converted, uh, can you do this? 
and you know teach them how to do it. So I, I'm really having fun with that, and they're enjoying it, and they're making you know sneaker money, which is or ballet shoe money, you know, in some cases. What do you do when they get stuck? Uh, you know, they're usually right here beside me, and so I reach over and uh, say, "Oh, do that." So yeah, you know, there are they're kids, right? So you don't expect them to do it fast. And you know, if they get tired, you know, after two hours, that's about it. <laughs> so, but it's not, you know, it's not slave labor. <laughs> so if it gets done, you know, if it doesn't get done, then I'll, I'll there's other people. Thanks again for joining us here in the CTO studio and a massive thank you to Matt Ferguson who gave us some really great, great, or at least to me, some really fascinating information about the ecosystems, the backyard pond that he's built, the fact that that water was drinkable, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the interviews were great and I'm really glad that we had him on and we kind of took a break from the techie side. The next set of interviews that we have coming up will be much, much more on the technological side. We just wanted to kind of change up our usual beat and have a little bit of fun at the same time. Now, if you would not mind, please going and checking out Matt Ferguson's LinkedIn. Also check out 7CTOs.com and do one more bit of housekeeping. Please subscribe to the podcast in iTunes. As always, we will see you again next time.